Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that's got that killer instinct. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Combo breaker. Oh my god, I thought I was gonna make a killer instinct joke last week, and I was like, no, because Robin's here. She might not get it. <laughs> you know what though? Thinking about it, she probably would get it. She would have loved it. She probably would have laughed at it, and I would have been like, oh my god, I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh how are you doing brandon how's your week going yeah it's it's going all right it's the weekend now so it's good oh right it's the end of that boring week did you do anything mm-hmm. awesome oh boy uh it rained one day <gasps> oh as long as it didn't flood and it's raining outside no. right now so if you hear any drips, is it my apologies i didn't yeah it's, it's raining which is great because it's summer and i want it to be chilly because i like chilly you know so i'm in so i'm in michigan <laughs> um Oh my gosh, Brandon. So, uh, <laughs> I have a funny story. At least it's funny to me. I don't know if it's going to be you, but. I don't know. I'll judge you and <laughs> see if it's funny. So, this week on the watch party, you know, the Instagram watch parties, we have them on Wednesday nights. We watched uh, Lower Birth, right? Because right. we covered that episode on the podcast last week. At least the episode came out. And Lance popped in, you know, my son. And he was like, Dad, can I watch too? And I was like, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything too terrible at lower birth. And then I remembered that whole, like, you know, 16-year-old mummy kind of thing going on. And I was like, you can watch for a little bit. So he popped down. He sits down in this year, lower birth nonsense. And mm-hmm. um, you know the part where Enoch gets whipped? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I was just sitting there. We were watching it. People were commenting and stuff. And he, and he hears the whip go off, right? And he's like, hey, Dad. Is, is that what Santa Claus uses to whip the reindeer? <laughs> the like, very same one. I was like, you know, I never thought about it, but I don't <laughs> think Santa whips his reindeer. <laughs> Ooh, like, <laughs> this is why I have you in the watch parties, buddy, because you make silly comments. <laughs> Can you imagine, though, Santa's just sitting there whipping his reindeer over and over again? <laughs> Like an Egyptian pharaoh, like, come on. I mean, is he not? I guess he probably is. I was like, oh, I never thought about it. I don't know. Maybe he is. He's like, God damn it, Rudolph. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's silly. So that was the highlight of my week. Wow, that is (laughs) great. (laughs) My son giving me the uh, the envisionment of santa claus whipping his reindeer to go faster that's amazing <laughs> speaking of whips uh i saw the new indiana jones movie did you have you seen the other indiana jones movies i've seen all the indiana jones movies uh-huh i never i never knew that about you because oh, i saw them pretty late i saw them like less than 10 years ago i saw them all wow you know that reminds me of robocop how i'd never seen them until you introduced it to my life um, I did see that there was the new Indiana Jones, and I was like, hmm, maybe we should watch all the Indiana Joneses, because I think they're pretty, you know, besides the melting Nazi, <laughs> pretty family friendly, right? That's, yeah. Well, how was it? You know, I actually liked it. Oh, good for you. I, I like, heard early word that it was awful, Sure. and so I kind of went in expecting it to be awful, and then it wasn't. And I'm, now I'm just like, what the hell is everybody talking about? Now, is I've heard the fourth one is pretty awful. Is the fourth one awful still? <laughs> like, is your the fourth on one's bad? Yeah, okay. The fourth okay. one is bad. I mean, with a name like Dial of Destiny, I was like, this sounds like a Tenacious D song or something. <laughs> if only. <laughs> well, um, I'm gonna do what I normally do and wait for it to go on Disney Plus, and then maybe I'll 
binge watch all of them, but we're in the middle of watching all the Harry Potters. <laughs> so oh, it's going to have to nice. come after that. Yeah, I know you tried to take that that journey through the Harry Potter land, but you stopped at like the fifth one because that's where yeah. we're at right now. And I can't help but think about how you haven't seen anything past the fifth one. Well, I mean, yeah, I spent like <laughs> 15 years never having seen past Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm. That is a really good one, though, so I get it. Yeah, I watched that one, and I was like, all right, I got it. Got the whole story. I'm good. Yeah, you saw peak Harry Potter, and you were like, all right, well, can't go anywhere but down from here, so I'm done. Yeah. You know, Brandon, we have this episode of Tales from the Crypt that's just staring at me with these notes. Should we get into Tales from the Crypt? Uh, sure. I mean, why not? We'll get that out of the way. Okay, yeah, because... Then we could do the fun part where we were, well, I mean, it's all fun, but I record a plot points, Brandon, because we got time this morning. We better anyway. I have a lot to say to you about some, something. <laughs> okay. Well, let's something, talk something. about talk about this episode of Tales from the Crypt. What do we got this week? Okay. Well, we we got done watching the, no, oh my God, what am I doing here? That was like You were going to do the Tales of, weren't you? I know. What is wrong with me? Uh, so we just got done watching season two, episode 17, My Brother's Keeper. What do you think about this episode, Brandon? Hmm? This was a silly ass episode. Oh my gosh! Right, this one. <laughs> I think this one might be the most batshit crazy episode so far. It's like it's really wild how this episode and fitting punishment are like the same show. Yeah, I agree. That episode made me want to cry, <laughs> and this episode, <laughs> this episode, I'm just like, oh, you two, you boys, <laughs> you rascals. Yeah, you're right. And then you have like another one, like television terror which is kind of spooky and then you also have like corman's calamity which is just like you know the mildred episode (laughs) yeah this show is up and down all over the place tone wise when i read the description of it last week i fully expected to hate this episode i thought it was gonna be stupid and it is stupid but (laughs) it is stupid yes i can't say that i hate it i think there's a lot to like about it yeah i agree mostly the acting (laughs) i'm gonna be honest the premise These of it people is are committing. They are, yeah, and I like that. Well, I don't know, we, we teased a bit. Why don't we just get into it and just talk it, you know, scene by scene here. Let's go. All right, get a little bit into it by uh, going over every single aspect yeah. of this episode. Oh, yeah, that's what we do. So our episode begins with our best friend, Brandon. It's a Kirk Keeper. And it's your boy. It's our boy. And he's asking if we're alone tonight. And I said, oh, I don't know, Crypty. <laughs> Crypt Keeper. <laughs> oh, my. It's right. I guess he assumes we, we said yes, because then he follows <laughs> it up with, well, then consider yourself lucky. It's like, I was alone, but Crypt Keeper. But what if I wasn't, you know? Oh. The camera pans back, and we see that we're looking in the reflection of the Crypt Keeper the whole time. And he was just looking in a mirror. Okay, so he's not a vampire. We he's know not. that. Nope, he's his... Well, we know he's half half mummy, half two-faced well, I mean, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Well, he, half human. Well, I mean, it's, it's he has the human. genetic makeup of a mummy and a, ha- a two-faced man, okay? <laughs> yes. He turns to the camera saying that there could be two of you, and just imagine what a frightmare that could be. Is that a burn on us? I think it might be, Brandon. I think so. He looks back at the camera and yelps because his own face just scared him in the reflection. And I love it when that happens. Then he giggles a touch saying, just a reflection. 
And he scooches the book of tales his way, saying, It's not true for tonight's stars. Frank and Eddie, two brothers who are touchingly close. When a woman tries to come between them, she finds herself caught in a tangled web of jealousy and intrigue. I think you'll find it a twinning combination. Good one. I love that. Yeah. So without further ado, I bring you my brother's keeper. Now, Brandon, the picture for this one. (laughs) I find it hilarious. (laughs) You do you like it though? I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but we see <laughs> we see a man tied up on a bed with a woman on top of him with a whip, right? And mm-hmm. next to them is another man in the bed. He's like, "Come on, Rudolph!" <laughs> <laughs> this other man in the bed, he's facing the opposite direction of them, but he's kind of trying to peek over with his eyes. And yeah, he's got, he's got this, a little bit of a smirk. He, yeah, he's got this smile on his face. He kind of looks like he just got, like, an extra mozzarella stick in his Arby's order. <laughs> yeah. Or or maybe, like, his mom just made cookies and told him that he can lick the spoon. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, a very nerdy-looking white guy. That smile, though. What does he... Sm- Look, given the context of the story, like, I know where this picture got its inspiration from in the episode... He was smiling when he did that, and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's got to look like, what's going on over here? But he knows what's going on. He knows what's going on over there. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like, I looked at that, and I stopped everything, and I was like, what the fuck is he smiling about? <laughs> Ugh. But I've, told yeah. enough. I've talked enough about it, Brandon. <laughs> it's time to get in this episode. In the episode, we've got our title card, and we see somebody in the distance driving a car. But they suck at driving. So we zip inside there and we see two brothers are there. We got Frank and we got Eddie. And Eddie starts harassing Frank, who's doing the driving, saying that he's driving like an old lady. Which he tells him every time he drives. Which is all the time because he always has to drive. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they're driving a Ferrari. I wouldn't know that, though, because I don't know a single thing about vehicles. Yes, it has four tires and a steering wheel. Exactly. If it can get me from point A to point B, then I like it. Um, But... But Eddie Eddie says that Frank is driving like he's driving a Volkswagen. And they argue about this for a little bit until Eddie just slams his foot down on the gas. And the car peels away with Frank yelling, Get your foot off me! (laughs) (sighs) He screamed me like that. And I was like, oh man, Brandon's going to love that. And I did. I knew it. I knew you so well. Frank yells at Eddie that they're going to have an accident as we watch Frank try to maneuver the car through traffic and he's driving on, like, the wrong side of the road, and it's it's a very short, I don't know, action scene, if you <laughs> yes, will. Yes, it's the closest thing to an action scene that this episode has. Yeah, I was like, wow, we're starting with, like, a car chase kind of thing, and we, no. <laughs> Frank yells that, that he can't stand Eddie when he's like this, and Eddie tells him, well, you wouldn't have to if you agreed to see the new doctor I found. And then he pumps on the gas even more as we watch the car fishtail around a corner. And Frank yells out for him to stop, so Eddie's all, okay, and he slams his foot on the brake. And we watch this car come to a stop, just missing a parked car. Oh, man, that really gets your blood going, Brandon. What an exciting scene. That was intense. Well, Frank gets real with Eddie, who's just trying to have a little smoke, saying, don't you know there's no doctors out there that can help us with our problem? And Eddie corrects him, saying, oh, I'm sorry, he says problems, because Eddie corrects him, saying, no, we just have one problem, Frank. And it's a butte. The guys get out of the car, and they're dressed up in their little suits, and they're always, like, side by side. So you kind of know, like, hmm, what's going on here, right? Frank tells them to just accept their condition, but Eddie tells him, yeah, but we're freaks. I'll never accept it. 
and then the two walk side by side into a bar. They're close. Now, if you didn't already know that this was about Siamese twins, because I spoiled it last week, would you be like, I wonder if they're Siamese twins? Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. pretty pretty early on, you can figure out. Yeah. I'm going to spoil things for like two minutes from now. They're Siamese twins. And my favorite thing about them is that they have these clothes on. <laughs> well, they have clothes on. But they, they're connected at the hip. And all of their clothes, like, they, they cover up the connecty bit between their hip. And I'm just like, man, who mm-hmm. did they make that themselves? Or did they, like, get it tailor-ordered? <laughs> yeah, their, you definitely have to get that custom-made. Even their jammies have it. They got some jammies laying around. Inside, Frank explains to Eddie that he's only a freak if he thinks he's a freak. Eddie ain't listening to that psycho bullshit, though, saying if your ass is attached to another guy's ass, uh, then you're a freak. I messed that up, but I'm going to keep it in. The two brothers sit down at the bar together, and Eddie orders a scotch. Frank reminds Eddie, now remember this, Brandon, that what he drinks, Frank feels it too. So if Eddie drinks the vodka or cranberry juice or whatever, then Eddie's going to feel it. Or, I mean, then Frank's going to feel it too. Mm-hmm. I just want to put in a disclaimer here. If I ever mix up Eddie and Frank, I'm just going to apologize, but it probably won't matter too much. Yeah, they're twins. I found myself like deleting Frank's name and putting Eddie and vice versa a couple of times, and I don't know if I got them all, but it doesn't really matter. Not at all. Um, so in response to you know Frank letting us and Eddie know that if he drinks, then Eddie or Frank feels it too. He says, oh, yeah, right. Well, make this a double then. Now, Frank, that wet blanket. He cracks open a book. Can you imagine cracking open a book at a bar? Give me a break. What kind of nerd would do that? Ugh. And the woman next to him takes notice. Eddie, on the other hand, he's gawking at a bunch of people and he's like flicking his tongue because he's a fucking weirdo. He really is. (laughs) The woman looks over at Frank and she says, gee, and I thought I was the only one weird enough to read a book at a bar. And the oh, two smile. That kind of nerd. Yeah. The, the kind of nerd that goes to a symphony. The two smile and they giggle at each other. And Frank tells her his book, which is called Man's Hope. And the woman, Marie, is reading one called Man's Fate. Oh, my gosh. They are just, like, made for each other. Huh. Are those real books? Uh, Maybe. I mean, I'm sure they probably are, right? No, they made them up specifically for this. It's such a generic title. They have to exist. Marie's all like, wow, this sure is fate. And she like, you know, touches the word fate on her book. That's super funny. So they chuckle a little bit about (laughs) it. I guess that's funny to the kind of person who takes a book to a bar. Right? I can't even imagine. I take my books to Lance's karate practice, though. So maybe I'm a nerd, too. Yeah, that's literally the exact same thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, Marie and Frank, they introduce themselves, and then Eddie scooches over saying, oh, what do we have here? And he looks at Marie and says, you know, under that Marion the Librarian exterior, I'm thinking there's a studded leather corset just itching to get out of my right. Frank tells him, you know what? Cool. They're having a nice conversation, so Eddie's all, oh, well, don't let me cramp your style, little bro. And he scooches away. Marie asks, is that dude really your brother? And Frank sighs saying, yeah, I guess he got all the personality. We look at Eddie, with all that personality, who's just flapping his tongue again. And Marie's all, yeah, well, if that's personality, then he can have it. And Frank takes another look at Marie, saying, you know, you look familiar. Have we met? And Marie asks, well, have you ever been to the symphony? Frank sure has, Brandon. He loves the symphony. Of course he does. He didn't go last Sunday, though, because Eddie wouldn't want to go. 
They have an agreement, though. Three trips to the bar equals one trip to the symphony. And I feel like that'd be an expensive agreement. Yeah, I don't know if that's equal. I mean, bar costs alone are crazy. And then who knows how much the symphony is? Where do these boys get their money? They probably give the symphony tickets away. No one wants to go there. <laughs> I look, I go to this. Oh, my God, I am a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Reading books at karate and going to symphonies. That's why, <laughs> if we were brothers, I would uh-huh. be the cool one. <laughs> yeah, you'd have creep. all the personality. You sit there and flick your tongue at people, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> fucking weirdo." I'd be guy. the jerk who's a fucking weirdo, and you'd be the guy reading books. <laughs> sure, yeah. Marie asks, "So you and your brother have to do everything together?" And Frank starts to explain their condition, but he gets interrupted by Eddie, who wants to go dance with a woman in a blue dress. Marie's in the dancing mood, though, so they all get up and they hit the dance floor. <laughs> and they start white man dancing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, now, forgive me, because I don't know the names of all those 50s dance numbers. I think they do the mashed potato. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. They, like, you know, spin their arms a lot. And then they start doing some shimmying. They're kind of getting into it. It's really, if this were any other, like, episode or movie or something... There'd be like a laugh track because this is super embarrassing. The song playing is very on the nose. It's something about being like stuck on you, which is very fitting for this next moment because Eddie pulls Marie in for like a twirl or something, but she gets stuck in between the two guys because they're Siamese twins and they're connected at the hip. Yep. The woman Eddie was dancing with thinks that is straight up disgusting and she leaves. Marie makes a quick excuse that it's getting late and she's just like gotta go. And then all the other bar patrons just stare at the twins. And Eddie's all, so you still think we're not a freak, huh, Frank? Shut up, freak. I was I thought you were going to tell your phone to shut up. <laughs> You're so popular, Brandon. Your phone's always buzzing. Mine just gets stolen by my son. <laughs> all right, I turned it off. Okay, good. Okay, we can't have those nasty interruptions. <laughs> We cut to a doctor's room where an x-ray is slapped up on a screen, and we see that it's the the two twinses, and, you know, you got, like, the x-ray of each one on each side, and then there's this bulge of connective (laughs) tissue between them. It's like a tube of meat, Cortland. Call it what it is. Yeah, it's like this It's a giant sausage connecting these two men. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, it's funny, though, because obviously we see it a little bit later, and it, like, bulges, and, like, yeah, it's super gross looking. I mean, it's some, whatever, it's just skin, but like, yeah, apparently it's got all their like veins and arteries, as I will say in just a moment, but the docs thinks that this shit is extraordinary, and he's got like a, what kind of accent does he have? Is it Russian or German? I couldn't tell. I don't know. Let's say German. Okay. Well, he's got a German accent, so Brandon, you know that he is a great doctor. <laughs> yes. Uh, he also has... The painting, The Scream, in his office. Yeah, I noticed Which I that. think is an interesting choice for a doctor. Right? Because um, that... Hold on, let me look up The Scream. Was that Picasso? No. Edward Munch. Oh, I... Okay, his name, his name is Edvard. <laughs> okay. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to do research. What is this, a true crime podcast? <laughs> the answer is no. I'm not doing any research here. Yeah, he does have the scream in the background, and I was like, I like that piece. But <laughs> Yes, a nice peaceful image for a doctor's office. Yeah, I feel like you really shouldn't have depictions of, you know, screaming in terror or whatever <laughs> in your doctor's office. But you know what? It suits him and his room, okay? 
He explains that their twins joined at the bottom, which they would know that. And Frank's like, yeah, we know. Okay, there we go. Can we be separated? The doctor nods, saying that they both have the same complementary organs, but they share one single bloodstream. So the dense and tangled web of veins and arteries would have to be completely rerouted. It's complicated, but it's not impossible. Today, they got lasers, Brandon, microsurgery, the whole ball. I'm glad they tried to explain why they couldn't be separated, because when you look at them just like walking around, it's like they're barely connected at the S, where if you see like actual conjoined twins, most of them are like conjoined, like they are together. Yeah, it'd be a much more difficult. These guys are just like just scooted up to each other a little bit. Yeah, but they're well, like, yeah, there's there's these uh, there's these veins. We just can't do it. I feel like like when I heard that this episode was Siamese twins, I thought they would go a little bit further with the Siamese twin thing. But I get why they did it this way, because it's hilarious. <laughs> or <you laughs> that know, was the reason. Yeah, it's hilarious in the writing booth. Right. <laughs> there are all these hijinks and silliness that they can have. But yeah, <laughs> they have it pretty easy <laughs> compared to like real people. Frank asks, yeah, but, like, you know, what kind of chance we got? And it turns out they got a 50-50, 50-50 chance, Brandon, that they would not survive this surgery. I'm feeling lucky. Oh, right. What is this, uh, cutting cards again? Like, what the book? They should just play Chop Poker. I mean, Chop Poker would save the day here, wouldn't I think? Probably solve all their problems. Eddie gets excited saying that he'll take it, but Frank's not so sure on those odds. Eddie tells him, girl, there's a 50% chance that they'll live. He is such an optimist. The doctor asks, now wait, I thought you were both in agreement here. And Eddie assures him that they are, and the doc hands him a pen to sign this medical release. So Eddie quickly signs that, and then hands the pen over to Frank to sign, as some tense music plays. And Frank hesitates, saying that he needs some more time to think about it. So the doc takes the pen, winks, and then says, when you're ready, I'll be ready with the knife. I'm glad he's like, you know, he's professional enough to not just be like, oh, let's go. I'll cut you up. Whatever. True. Yeah. This guy, this doctor is nothing but a professional. Unfortunately, Bran, we never see him again. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I thought we'd have a couple of scenes with him again, but he is just out of here. He's like, right, yeah, my work. Here he's kind done. of like the actor is like playing it up enough that you think, you know, like this is going to be a character. But well, no, he's like he could literally be anyone. Yeah, this episode has way more important things to show us i guess we warp to the twins's house where they got their race car jammies on matching which yeah. you know i wouldn't think that they would be into because they are two very different people they are you got eddie who's kind of an asshole and then you got frank who reads at a bar so that's <laughs> that's yes. them sums it up they're brushing their teeth though and eddie asks you think about that operation and the two gargle some mouthwash in unison because they are twins and they do everything in unison. And they spit. And Frank says, yeah, a little. Then they dab their mouths together. I mean, like, separately, but at the same time. And Eddie breaks that synchronization by opening up the medicine cabinet and grabbing a bottle of pills. And Frank's all, oh, you're not going to take sleeping pills, are you? I was planning on doing some reading. And Eddie chuckles about that saying, story of our life, Frank, you zig and I zag. And I was like, huh? What? Yeah, he, he does whatever. Sure. The two open up their conjoined toilets and start peeing, and then we cut, and they're both exercising on their conjoined stationary bikes. I want to say about that that shot in the the bathroom though is mm-hmm. it starts with them both looking in the mirror. Well, we it's, we see them both side by side, 
And then it pulls back and we see that we were watching the reflections. Oh, yes, true. But it's a cool shot because I don't know how they did it because you don't see the camera. I always wonder that when there's there's mirrors involved. They have to get like the right angle, I think. I don't know. It's a cool shot. Film work with mirrors is like one of my favorite things to see because I feel like there's just so much behind the scenes stuff that has to go in. So you're not seeing the camera when there's a reflection and mm-hmm. just, I just eat that shit up. So they're on their bikes and Eddie is trying to sell Frank on that surgery some more. He'll never have to go to another baseball game or Vegas with that hideous architecture. Oh, he could sleep in his own bed and even roll over, Brandon. Think of the possibilities. That sounds great. We cut over to the fridge because they're just having a night. And they open that shit up. And Eddie says that he could finally go do that cooking school in Paris. The Cordon Rouge. And Frank looks at Eddie saying, it's the Cordon Bleu. And we see Eddie grab some vodka and Frank grabs some milk from the fridge. These guys are just so totally opposite. At the table, they pour themselves a drink, and Frank says that he could learn to make that salmon and... Oh, I'm going to say this all wrong. Salmon and croute with champagne sauce? I don't know. I I'm don't not, know. Look, I'm not French. I okay? know less about this than I know about cars, and that's saying something. Oh, shit. Okay. No, you made it a fantastic tomato marinara one time, Brandon. I guess that wasn't French, so yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Eddie slaps down his drink saying, Frank, you can do whatever you want once we're free. And he opens up a cloche, and in the little serving plate is that agreement. And there's also a little tense stinger that plays as Eddie tries to get Frank to sign that that paper again. All you gotta do is sign it, Frank. Frank is about to, but he says, no, the operation is too risky. Okay, so when he opens opens that thing and it's on the tray, Mm -hmm. like it's played like it's this big reveal, like da-da-da, had the paper here. But when would he have done that? In I secret, without Frank thing. knowing. <laughs> so this episode does this funny thing where Eddie puts that paper in like places that Frank will open it up and find it, and then this tense little stinger music plays. Mm-hmm. It happens a couple of times. I, I kind of love it every time. But yeah, I'm just thinking like, you guys are conjoined twins. Like, how did he not know that you put this here? <laughs> <laughs> you guys literally have to go everywhere together. Yeah, he's just doing it while Frank's reading a book, I guess. He's really engrossed in it. Maybe that's it, yeah. Frank just, you know, you can't talk to him when he's reading this book. He's not paying attention. Eddie, he's kind of desperate now. So he loosens the bit of jammies covering their connective bits. And he grabs like a, a butcher's cleaver. And he's saying, you sign that operation or I'll do it right now. Frank says, but but I'm afraid. And then he says, what? What are you afraid of? If it works, we'll be separated forever. And Frank tells him, well, maybe that's what I'm afraid of. Because like once... We get separated, what if I get lonely? <laughs> we see this scene, it's like cut with the um, the cleaver kind of touching their connecty bits. And it pulses and it's really weird. And I don't know oh, why. It's, it's so gross. I don't get why it would do that. Um, my veins and arteries, they don't typically pulse a lot, you know. But I don't know. I'm not well, have you ever been a conjoined twin? You know what? I haven't. Well, Eddie's all. God damn. Slams that knife down on the cutting board. Ah, yeah, he sucks. You know, he does. He does suck. He's a jackass. Then the phone rings and Frank answers it. It's Marie from the bar. And she wanted to apologize for her behavior the other night. And she wants to see him again. Frank gets excited, whispering over to Eddie that it's Marie and she wants to see us again. And Eddie tells him to ask if she's had a blood test, which is weird. But Frank swings that, saying that his brother asked if she wants to be their guest. Because, like, she kind of overhears it and is like, what? What did you say? Huh? He looks over at Eddie's asking, hey, Ed, 
what you doing on Friday? And Eddie folds his arm saying, well, I'm doing whatever you're doing, aren't I, Frank? thought that was great. What I wanted to know was, did we ever, like, when did Frank give her his phone number? We don't know. They, like, we saw their entire relationship. She was like, oh, you're reading this book? Hey, let's go dance. Oh, you're a freak. I'm out of here. Here's the thing, Brandon. Back in the early 90s, there were these big, gigantic phone books. So she called everyone with the first name Frank. Okay. Until she got to him. All right. That's what (laughs) happened. She had a phone book sorted by first name. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how she did it. She did it. Because <laughs> I don't think she ever, I don't think they ever introduced themselves with their last name. They do say their last names in this episode, but not at the point where Marie is around. So not I don't know. to her. You know what? I think she might be a witch. Okay. Well, that adds a whole nother layer to the story. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We're just increasing things by tenfold. We cut over to Friday where Frank and Eddie are getting ready for the date. And Frank is dressed all up in a bow tie and everything, and he's clipping his nose hair, so you know it's serious. When the camera pans out, and we see Eddie still in his jammies. And he's got a little stubble of a beard, and his his pajamas are got like food and stuff all over him. He is a sloppy mess. Eddie asks if there's a problem. And Frank's all like, yeah, you haven't showered in a week. You smell like a compost heap. And Eddie smells under his armpit to verify that he does smell like shit. Mm-hmm. Frank tells his bro that he doesn't care if he shaves, but could you just please wash up before we go out tonight? And Eddie tells him, how about this? I'll wash while you sign. And then that tense stinger plays again as Fred opens up the medicine cabinet to see the release for the surgery and a pen is there. Oh, man. Frank slams that shit closed and tells Eddie to get ready because they're all going to the symphony. So at this point, Frank is having showers yeah. and Eddie is like going out of his way to not have a shower because they are conjoined twins again so he's like oh close the shower curtain i'm gonna stay out here ain't no way i'm gonna have a shower yes uh frank he can only shower on one half of his body because he can't turn around or else eddie would get in the shower a little bit so yeah so one of his armpits just reeks right right he did his best though i mean he's all dolled up and all that we pop over to them at the symphony and frank and marie look classy but Eddie is in a dirty button-up shirt, and he's catcalling all of these fancy guests. He stops at an old lady you know, saying, uh, you know, Under that distinguished patron of the arts exterior, I'm thinking there's a studded leather course just oh. to get off. And he kind of gets pulled away from his brother because he's an embarrassment. Yes. That is his go-to pickup line. Yeah. Hey, I we, bet you got a corset under there. We only hear it like three times in this episode, Brandon, I'm sure. That, that's it, true. That's it's, it. It's hilarious every time, too. <laughs> As you can tell from my answer. Back at home, Frank and Marie are snacking on some dinner and wine or whatever. And Marie just cannot believe that he prepared all this big old spread all by himself. Even the chocolate souffle. Frank tells her that souffles are quite easy. It's just a matter of separating the egg whites. Marie tells him it's just so delicious. And he grabs it saying, oh, you want some more? She can't possibly. Well, maybe just a teensy, easy smash. Fuck you. I loved it. I was like, Marie, you were hamming it up. I like this. Out flops Eddie, who's been drinking. And he's all, hey, where's my teensy-teensy smidge? Frank starts to offer him some, but he interrupts, yelling, nah, but I want some more of this wine. And he pours a cup for himself. And then another. And Frank starts talking with Marie more, but he gets all fidgety. And Marie asks if he's okay. And he apologizes, saying that when Eddie drinks, he gets drunk too. And the twins hiccup in unison to just show that they are smashed brandon Mm -hmm. 
Then Eddie says, man, the first time this poor schmuck gets a beautiful girl up in here and he does his impression of Julia Childs. Marie stops this shit, saying that she finds his brother's company stimulating. And Eddie drinks some more, asking if it's more stimulating than a tank of nitrous oxide and a 12-inch vibrator. All right, Eddie. (laughs) I don't know. Shut the fuck up, Eddie. Which gets Frank to slap his face in disgust. Frank tells her that she'll have to excuse Eddie because he's being a real bad boy. Well, it's getting late, so Marie should just get going. And the twins try to get up to show her to the door, but they they go in like opposite directions first, and then they like crisscross to stand up, and then they just hop in their seats for a second, <laughs> like going yeah. up and down. It's a good little bit of physical comedy. Yeah, I mean, I knew we were gonna get it at some point, so that's kind of the rest of the episode. And we cut over to the door where Frank opens it up and lets Marie out, and Marie thanks Frank for a wonderful evening. And Frank says that he'd offer to drive her home, but he is just in no condition to drive. Marie tells him it's all cool, because she'd have to sit in the back seat anyway. And the two move in for a quick smooch on the lips. And Marie is out of there as some romantic music plays. Now, in this scene, I didn't write in the notes, but like Eddie's being annoying the whole time. So just imagine that. Yeah, I mean, that's his entire personality. Yeah, he's a fucking annoying piece of shit. Eddie slips back into the doorway, mm-hmm. and Frank's all like, yeah, I know you tried to ruin this for me, but you didn't. I'm happy, happy, happy. You know why? Because I'm in love. Good for him. Sure. We cut sometime later and we see Frank and Marie laying on the bed together. Frank's in this red colored suit and Marie's in a blue dress or something. Also, the bed is rhythmically bouncing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's pretty stupid. Frank says, you know, Marie, these past few weeks have been the happiest of my life. And Marie, looking awkward, says, yeah, and you know how I feel about you, too. And we hear the sound of a whip slapping against skin. And Eddie's saying, oh, yeah. <laughs> the bed starts shaking a whole bunch more. And Frank suggests that Marie does what he does in these situations. Just let his mind go completely blank. Marie says she don't know if she can do that. And we see that there's a woman on top of Eddie in the same bed that they're in. And she's whipping him all over the place. Just like Santa Claus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Now, Frank says he should probably be on a bended knee for this, but, uh, and we see the woman bite on Eddie's hand, and it's just so weird. Frank stumbles to ask Marie to marry him, and it's like, this is literally the worst possible time to ever do this. What are you thinking? Yeah, and at this point, it's only been a few weeks anyway, so even if this weren't the worst possible time, it's still a bad time. Right. Well, Marie, she stands up and she's like, I'm sorry, Frank, this is just too bizarre. She walks out of the room. The woman on top of Eddie, who's called Dominatrix in IMDb, that's just her name there, stops (laughs) everything and says, ah, I better go and check on her. (laughs) Yeah, which I thought was weird. (laughs) Me too. I was like, wow, she really cares. (laughs) Yeah. She walks out of the room and Frank shifts over and puts a finger up to Eddie saying, I'm warning you, Eddie, you better get off my back. And Eddie says, I'd love to, but he's just too afraid of being lonely. I said that's stupid, but I'm going to keep it in. In the other room, the dominatrix walks up to Marie saying, hey, sweet thing. And Eddie says that you're doing a real good job. You got his brother Frank right where he wants him. And Marie takes a drink saying, no shit. And the dominatrix tells Marie she needs to turn up the heat and pump, pump up, up the, the jams. Pump, pump it up. Like they say it like the song. Uh, was kind the song of, even yeah. out yet? It probably was, right? Uh, was this 1990? Yeah. No. I don't want to look it up anyway. Cause there's... I'm going to say no. Hold on. Pump. Oh, I don't know what the actual song is. Up the Pump jams. it up 
Pump it Pump up. the jams. <laughs> it's from Technotronic. No, it was released 1989, so it was probably okay. like, really fresh. It was the was... hottest new shit. Well, spoilers, Brandon, it's still the hottest shit. So, <laughs> Yeah, when they were doing that, I was like, I love that song. <laughs> Let's just uh, listen to that now. Okay. Eddie says if she gets his brother to sign that paperwork by tonight. Girlfriend, we don't have to be hoeing these streets no more. Oh, well. no more. Marie shrugs saying, all right, let's get it over with. The two ladies head back into the bedroom and Marie walks up to Frank saying that they, they need to talk. And Brandon, how did you feel about this twist? Um, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I also was like, huh, what? <laughs> yeah. Marie? My Marie is a whore? <laughs> <laughs> Marie, like middle-aged librarian-looking chick, is like I don't know. I guess some scheming. She's a whore. Sex worker. <laughs> yeah, never knew, and now I do, and nothing changed. Frank tells her, "Look, I don't blame you for being upset, but it won't always be like this. I promise." Marie wants to believe him, but what kind of future could they have together with this Eddie character in it? You know, that's true. Frank grabs her hand saying, give us just one more chance. I love you. Well, Marie loves him too, but Frank stops her. Uh, does he? Ah, whatever. And we see Eddie behind him giving Marie signals to like, hurry it up. You know, he's kind of like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah, come on, let's go. And Marie says, it, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't work this way. It's, it's not like there's anything you could do about it. The way things are, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say, but goodbye. She couldn't be laying it on any more thick. It's so not like bad. there's some kind of procedure you could go through that could make us live happily ever after or anything. I love it. <laughs> I think it's so funny. While that was going on, we see the dominatrix just silently leave the room and we hear a motorcycle rev up and she just leaves. So I guess she's gone. Yeah. See a <laughs> Donna matrix. <laughs> Marie turns to walk away and Frank calls for her and yanks Eddie off the bed, but he's handcuffed to it and Frank demands that he gets the key. Marie leaves and Frank yells more for the key and Eddie spits it out of his mouth and unlocks um, and, and Frank uses it to unlock Eddie. He pulls Eddie up, but it is too late. She is already in the car. Frank looks at Eddie, calling him a son of a bitch for ruining his one chance at happiness and then punches Eddie in the face. Yep. Eddie tells him fisticuffs from you, Frank. I want civilized and then punches Frank in the face and the two bust into the kitchen area and they fight some more. And Frank tosses Eddie and himself onto a glass table and it shatters. And they roll around and Frank says that he hates Eddie. And then Frank grabs Eddie by the hair and slams his head into a picture of the two of them as little boys. And it shatters. I love this. I think this is when this started happening, Brandon, when they started fighting, I was like, what the fuck is this episode? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I said that a few times while watching this. Right? Like. I feel like it had to happen because this is some good shit right here. It's two Siamese twins fighting, I guess, but it's just so ridiculous. I love it when he like hurdles Eddie and himself into a table and I'm like, dude, what the fuck is that? Yeah, like what is more pointless than fighting your conjoined twin? I don't know. (laughs) Best case scenario, you win the fight and you're just like... You have to sit there and recover now. Yeah, (laughs) you're sitting there in a hospital bed. Well, we'll see what happens, Brandon. Maybe that'll come true here. Frank cannot live like this anymore as the two tussle some more. He slams Eddie's head against some hanging pots a few times, saying that he's gonna gonna sign the release form. Eddie's got this shit in his... (laughs) (laughs) All right, sounds fair. Yeah, just settle down, Frank. 
<laughs> Eddie's got that shit right in his pocket, and he pulls it out and hands Frank a pen, and Frank is about to sign it when the door opens up and Marie walks inside. And she says, Wait, Frank? What? She's back. Oh, she's back, and she's... <laughs> and Eddie stops and just stares at her. And the two stand up, and Frank says, Oh, girl, you came back. And Marie asks Frank not to sign the release, as Eddie tells her to shut up, Marie. Frank here wants to know how she knew about the release. And Marie spills all the tea, Brandon, all of it. Oh, for, my goodness. Saying that it was all a setup. Eddie hired her to help convince him to have the operation. And Eddie's all, I'm warning you, Marie. And Frank gets sad, saying, you never really cared for me? See, Marie wasn't supposed to care for him, but she fell in love. She asks if the proposal still stands as the music gets a little more sinister and we see Eddie reaching for something. When did this happen? Again, like, they're, they don't have cell phones. There's not any internet for them to, like, privately message on. Eddie would have had to be on the phone like, yeah. And then you're going to make him think that you love him. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then uh, he'll get the operation. It all happened. It all happened when Frank was in the shower and he couldn't hear because the water was too loud. That's why you don't shower, man. I've been saying it for years. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's why you had to get deported to Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess it wouldn't be. It's all very, what's the, stupid. Stupid. (laughs) Yes, that's the way to put it. (laughs) Frank hugs her as she's saying that she'll marry him just the way he is and that the operation is just too dang risky. Eddie slowly reaches and picks up a cleaver from the knife block. And he Mm -hmm. lifts it up saying, now I'll never get rid of him. And he sticks that knife right into Marie's back somehow. (laughs) Perfectly. Reaches reaches over. Frank, who's apparently oblivious to all this, is still hugging her. And he says, (laughs) darling. I I felt you stiffen. Am I rushing things? Then he notices that there's a cleaver in her back. And he (laughs) goes, oh my God, what did you do? Okay, suddenly I can understand how all of these things could happen directly in front of him, and he just doesn't notice. He's quite oblivious to everything around him. Literally everything, yes. And he's all, well, the double-crossing bitch just wouldn't keep her mouth shut, Frank. Frank says he's going to call the police as he gently lowers Marie to the ground. But Eddie picks up the phone with a smile saying that, oh, I'll do it, since Frank's got his hands full. He dials 911 saying, yes, this is Edward Durand, and uh, I just killed my brother's fiance with a cleaver. No, the name's Durand. I used the cleaver. Yeah, I'll hold. <laughs> he's so he's like very chipper on this phone. It's great. I love it. Now, Frank, he's pretty pissed about all this murder. Sure, but Eddie sure. says, yeah, well, if uh, they send me to the gas chamber, they won't be able to carry it out because if they kill me, then they'll kill you too. And that is cruel and unusual punishment. The operator comes back asking if he's sure Marie is dead. And Eddie smiles again saying, yeah, pretty sure. And he kind of kicks Marie. And uh, Frank calls Eddie a monster. And Eddie says, yeah, but I'm your monster, Frankie boy. And the operator calmly says that they're on their way. And Eddie laughs a little saying, okay, well, we'll be waiting. (laughs) What is, uh, I don't get his plan here. Like his, he seems like, you know. I think at this point, Eddie is convinced that Frank is never going to sign this paper. Sure. So he thinks that the police are just going to go, well, shucks, you outsmarted us. Uh, You found a way to get away with murder, Edward. You win. You win law. Like, I I mean, he's immediately going to the death penalty for this crime of murdering Marie. 
But he, in his mind, like, they can't murder both of them because Frank didn't do anything. So he's just going to, I don't know, be off scot-free for murder. Yes, they're just, just literally going to be like, all right, don't do it again. <laughs> this is a warning. Maybe he's just living out his darkest fantasy, Brandon. He's like, well, maybe I could murder somebody and then they wouldn't do anything about it. He's putting that one to the test. We'll see if it pays off for him. All right. He slams the phone down and Frank grabs the cuffs around Eddie's arm because like he uncuffed him from the bedpost, but he still he still has like the bracelet of handcuff around his arm and he yeah. locks him to the counter. Then Frank opens up the fridge and grabs the vodka and takes a big old swig of it. Then he opens up Eddie's bottle of sleeping pills and he takes out a whole handful and just swallows them all with just a bunch more vodka. Eddie immediately starts to feel it and kind of slumps over saying, you know, take so many pills there, Frankie boy. And Frank thought Eddie liked to live dangerously. Ever since they were kids, he had to put up with him being the bad one, making excuses for him, cleaning up after him, and all that shit. Well, that's over. The two slump to the ground as Frank takes even more pills and vodka. Eddie quietly complains that Frank's killing him, and then he falls <laughs> yeah. asleep. Apparently, you know, sleeping pills just stack on top of each other, so the more you take, the faster you go to sleep, I guess. That is how it story. works, yeah. Frank tells his unconscious brother that he can't live with a murderer. And he grabs the paper on the table, and he's about to sign the release form, but he dips his pen in Marie's blood <laughs> and then signs his name. Okay. And falls unconscious, and we hear the sirens in the distance. And I'm like, how fucking extra are you? <laughs> I don't think that would be like an appropriate signature. They'd probably look at that and be like, uh, no, we're not going to accept this. <laughs> What's the shit? Yeah. Poor Marie. Yeah, well, you know what? At least she didn't die in vain, Brandon. She, that blood was necessary to sign the paperwork. Yeah. Oh, well. 50 years young. Oh, my God. She's probably only 25. <laughs> the Hell no, you, she's Brandon. not 25. <laughs> the streets age you, Brandon. <laughs> we cut over to Eddie, who wakes up in a hospital gown, complaining about his head. And we get an aerial shot of Eddie and Frank laying together in a in a hospital bed. And there's mm -hmm. a nurse there checking in on them. And Frank is just reading a book, and he's saying that they're in the hospital. And Eddie kind of chuckles, saying, Typical Frank, try to kill me, but I just end up with a hangover. And he looks over at the nurse, saying, Sweetheart, give me a Bloody Mary, will <laughs> That's ya? typical Frank? Yeah. They do this typical Frank time. tries to kill him. <laughs> the local hospital and hates them. <laughs> YouTube again? Yeah. He wants that Bloody Mary brand, but he wants to make it a double. And then he slaps the woman on the ass. And the nurse gets pissed for a second God, and sucks. then smiles. He really, really does. Saying, well, Mr. Duran, looks like you're well enough for visitors. She shuffles the curtain away and there's just three cops there waiting for their cue, I guess. <laughs> yes. Are they ready for visitors? No? Shucks. Dang. We'll wait just a few more seconds. <laughs> the main Keep one the shows closed. his badge saying, Eddie Durand, you're under arrest for the murder of Marie Hilton. Now, Eddie, he's laying in this bed saying, Marie Hilton. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did kill her, didn't I? Um, they, they start giving him his, like, Miranda rights or whatever it's called. You know, right to, right to remain silent, whatever you say. Anyway, but Eddie ain't listening to that shit. He turns over to Frank saying, guess Detective Potato Head here hasn't done his homework. There's really nothing they can do seeing how we're freaks. Frank now, he smacks his lips saying, we're not freaks now, Eddie. We're free. The police then what? grab hold of Eddie's bed and it's not connected to Frank. They just push two beds together for some reason. That was, it was silly. <laughs> they're not Siamese twins anymore, Rannon. I mean, I guess they still are, but like they're not conjoined anymore. And Frank's all, well, I'm free anyway. 
Did I forget to mention that I signed the release form? He did a pretty good job too, don't you think? The two check out their surgery wounds and yep, they are totally not connected anymore. Eddie screams for Frank not to let them take him away, but Frank gets all arrogant saying, What's come over you, big brother? You're yeah. acting like a goddamn pussy. You're gonna put me in the goddamn <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be a soundbite. The cops take Eddie away, and Frank stays back saying, Oh, well, I'm gonna do the living for both of us, Eddie boy. And the nurse walks over to adjust his pillows, and Frank looks at her saying, Oh, nurse, you know, under that crisp white uniform, I'm thinking there's a studded leather corset just itching to come out. Am I right? And he chuckles. Oh, okay, so Frank saying, sucks now. Well, I thought maybe they were, like, switching places somehow. You know, like, Eddie got out and Frank gets sentenced to murder and everything. But I don't think so. I think he just I think he just absorbed Eddie's, like, uh, sliminess or something. I don't know. Yeah, he got all the quote-unquote charisma now. Yeah, that personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back with the Crypt Keeper, he says, Well, Maggot Meisters, how's that for a cheeky little tale? Frank sure put the deadly time to sever all thighs with his brothers. <laughs> sometimes it's really difficult to read what the Crypt Keeper says because it, it's sometimes it's stupid. A lot of times, but yeah. Yeah. Poor Eddie suffered the unkindest cut of all. He takes a wooden hammer and smashes the mirror from the start of the episode saying, A real split personality. And then he just laughs and bangs that hammer on the table a bunch until we fade out. And that is the end of this episode of Tales from the Crypt. All right. That one comes kind of a long one, Brandon. My notes were uh, kind of long compared to Mute Witness to Murder and Lower Birth. Oof. Well, yeah. We have characters who talk in this one. Oh, yeah. That's the difference. Right. right. But, you know, Brandon, like I said at the beginning, I, I expected to fully hate this episode thinking it was just a waste of time. I kind of like it. I think it's campy and silly. And if you guys know me, I like my camp. Brandon, what do you think the moral of this story is? You know? I feel like this is a moral heavy story. Oh, um, don't murder a whore? people. <laughs> just anyone, you know. Okay. Just don't murder I'll try. anyone. I'll try to do that. I think it's just an allegory for not drinking and driving because they say it like three times in this episode. Oh, okay. See that one right over my head. It's okay. You know, Brandon, you've never been one to uh, get those messages. I get it. Don't bring a book to a bar because yeah. everything could have been avoided if they just. That's true. Didn't do that. Yeah. It'll save somebody's life if you don't bring a book to a bar. <laughs> what I learned out of this episode, though, Brandon, is everybody's got a studded leather corset under their um, clothes, whatever they're wearing. Apparently. Apparently, it's everywhere, and I just didn't know. Well, now you do, Brandon, thanks to this episode of Tales from the Crypt. Now, Brandon, let's go for alternate episode titles here. What was this one? My Brother's Keeper? It's boring. Mm-hmm. Should have just been called Siamese. Twitches. I don't know. Oh my God, Brandon. No. <laughs> I was just thinking of Tia and Tamara. We're in this episode. <laughs> it would have been so much better. Look, Tia and Tamara could make any episode of anything better. I love Tia That's and Tamara. That's true. Oh, they're wonderful. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to just riff off of that, Brandon. It could just be called Brother Brother, you know? And then Sister <laughs> Sister would have been like, wait a second. Taking that. Go home, Marie. <laughs> Good one. All right, Brandon, I want to meet this cast. Are you ready for this? Yeah, who's in this? Okay, well, let me open their profiles up in IMDb here. We got Marie, we got the doctor. Let's start off with Frank, because he's got an IMDb picture, and I guess he's probably the main character, you know, next to Ed. Yeah. So Frank here was played by Timothy Stack. And Tim Stack. Yeah, he's been in 86 Things, so let me scroll down, and I should probably open these up before I start, but, you know, whatever. 
Let's see where he started things off. It was back in 1981 with an episode of Lou Grant, a show probably nobody has ever heard of. He was also in two episodes of Days of Our Lives back in 1989. Nope, 1981. My bad. Forgot how long that show has been around. Wow. He was in The Golden Girls for two episodes. I love The Golden Girls, as does Ooh. everybody that exists. Yeah, I can't, I've never met anyone who hates The Golden Girls. You either haven't seen it or you love it. I remember when I was a kid, um, my neighbor, because I used to like invade my neighbor's house all the time. She was an old yeah. woman. And uh, so, I, I mean, I just thinking cringe about it. But anyway, she used to watch The Golden Girls. And I was like, hmm, an old lady watching a show about old ladies. That fits. Uh, he was in The Wonder Years back in 1993, and he was also in 32 episodes of Parker Lewis Can't Lose and an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. I feel like everybody's been in Seinfeld. Yeah. He's the guy in Seinfeld who like switches glasses with George or something. Oh, I love it. He was in Malcolm in the Middle for an episode. I like that show. My name is Earl. And his most recent role was in 2023. So he's still working it. He was in Ghosts. As reverse mortgage guy. Yeah, sure. I've never seen the show, but I remember seeing ads for it all the time. He was on a show called Son of the Beach. Oh. Okay. It's like an FX series. 42 some odd episodes of that. Next. Next up, Brandon, we have Eddie. He's played by Jonathan Stark. And yeah, he does not have an IMDb picture. He doesn't, but he's been in a couple of things. He's been in 22 things as an actor, but he's also been a writer and producer for some shows like the hit Ellen DeGeneres television show from 1995 to 1997. Okay, everybody's favorite, Ellen. Yeah. He uh, he was a producer for 34 episodes of that show. He also did the the Drew Carey show. Uh, he had some writing and, and uh, producing for that, as Love well that as show. everybody's favorite Nickelodeon television show, Bucket and Skinner's Epic Adventures. What? No idea. <laughs> he was an actor, though, Brandon, so he started things off in 1981 with Dark Room, and then he was in Fright Night, which is a pretty big movie. Yeah. Have you seen Fright Night? I have. Oh, me too, man. We should be friends. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else has he been in here? Rain Man. He did a voice in that, I guess. Um, he was an actor in Ellen. I've never seen the Ellen DeGeneres show before, uh, both her sitcom and her you know, talk show or whatever. Uh, last thing he was in as an actor was Brand New Old Love. He played Ron. And that sums him up in a nutshell on a podcast. Next up, we got Marie, played by Jessica Harper. And Marie has been in only 48 things as well. So not a whole lot of stuff. She started things off with NBC Children's Theater in 1971. Wow, that was a long time that ago. That sounds about right. Sure. She was in Suspiria, though. is a good movie. Oh, I've never seen it, but I've wanted to. I remember... so. Everybody hypes up Suspiria, and most likely for good reason. I think it has a lot of really cool stuff in it. I've seen it, but I don't remember a single thing about it, which is never a good sign, but I know it's a good movie, so I must have been, like, doing something. How long ago did you see it? Uh, I couldn't tell you, Brandon. I don't remember. (laughs) Okay, you literally remember nothing about it. Yeah, usually when I remember things, I kind of remember the time frame of when it happened, but not for this one. So maybe I should watch it again. Dario Argento is still alive? Yeah, I think so. Crazy. Uh, He was in, or I'm sorry, she was in an episode of Tales from the Dark Side, so maybe we'll see her again someday. We will. Oh boy, can't wait. She was in the Suspiria remake. I I didn't know there was a Suspiria remake, but she's in that too. Look at that. Cool. And the last thing she was in, 2023, so she's still working it, with Fatal Attraction. All right, you go girl. Isn't that a movie too, Fatal Attraction? I'm sure it is. I've heard that before. Yeah, well, whatever. Next up, the doctor that we got to see for a whole scene, so he deserves some time on this podcast. 
The Doctor, played by Ron Orbach. And Ronnie Boy here has been in 57 things. No, oh, he was in Clueless, so that's cool. Right? And he started, all things need. Off, he started things off on a high note. The Magical World of Disney station attendant. So he was also in The Golden Girls. Really good stuff. Whoa, this is like a Golden Girls reunion. I know, right? Uh, two episodes of the Jackie Thomas show. I don't know who that is. He was in The Nanny, Brandon, and Clueless, like you said. And Family Matters. All the hits, really, honestly. Wow. Yeah. Every uh, iconic 90s. <laughs> he was in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. I actually really quite like that show. It's pretty funny. Yeah, you would. I know, right? He was in one episode of Medium with our girl, Patricia. <laughs> the last thing he was in was 2017 with uh, Chicanery. I'm wrong. I'm probably saying that wrong. But that was him. Last up, let's uh-huh. talk about the domina- uh, dominatrix, Valerie Bickford. Probably saying her name wrong. She's only been in 11 things. Started it off in 1990 with Equal Justice and then sw- swooped right into Tales from Our Crypt and right into our hearts, Brandon. Uh, she's been in not a lot. Uh, she kind of stopped in 2000. So she was in Fight Club, though, I guess. A cosmetics yeah. buyer. That's cool. I love Fight Club. That is cool. Last thing she was in, Judging Amy in 2000. We We're not on a high note. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's all I'd like to talk about for cast, Brandon. So you want to know what uh, next week has entail for us? Please. Oh, shit, Brandon. It's a season two finale. After this oh, one, for real? Two. Yeah. It was last oh, episode. wow. Okay. It's um. It's called The Secret. Brandon's <laughs> called The Secret. Okay, so this could be literally anything. Mm-hmm. Let's but I'm read. guessing, you know... Everyone, I'm still guessing it's going to be about a gold digger, but they, they've kind of toned that down in the last handful of episodes. Yeah, right? They were like, all right, let's not do the gold digger route. We'll save that for season three. This episode is about a young orphan named Theodore's adopted by the odd and well-off Colbert's with a dark secret. They're not the only ones. And I don't know what that could mean. So maybe we're getting like a people under the stairs situation. Yeah, I mean, a, a family... With a secret. Like, yeah, sure. That's every fucking family ever. (laughs) It's true. Maybe it all comes together at a Thanksgiving spread, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, this, like, do you think this is going to be a scary one or a goofy one? Based on what we've seen so far, I'd say it's probably goofy, but I kind of hope it's scary. I hope it takes itself a a little bit more seriously. I I want other... Other sides of Tales from the Crypt. This one, this setup uh, lends itself to some horror. So I agree. I think it could be like they can camp up like the family drama bits and stuff a bit, but like I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be spooky. All right, well, hope spooky, so. Ooky, if you will. But that's next week, Brandon. We'll see what the secret is. Somebody's gonna spill that tea, and we're gonna know all this family secrets next week. But. For now, Brandon, I've been up all night. I should probably let you go to sleep. I heard a dog barking earlier, which I'll eliminate from the audio and uh, let you get some rest, you old baby Brandon. Oh, thank you. Well, baby Brandon. But, I'm going to roll over in my sleep. <sighs> oh, man. So Rolling over is the best. Right? I know. <laughs> all right. I'm out of here, Brandon. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Maybe just a teensy, easy smash.